Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 182, the last one before the NFL draft. It's finally here. Finally, it's draft week. And so next week, I'll be doing my final and most important uh, data points of the NFL, of the rookie rankings. You know, when we get where to draft capital and landing spot, the two kind of final points. And so next week, I will finalize my rookie rankings just before our Dynasty rookie drafts get started in May. Hope as a Dynasty freak that you guys aren't waiting too long to get these drafts underway. And May is such a fun time to do it right after we know the draft capital and the landing spots. But before I finalize my rankings next week, I want to put one more podcast out here about players that I plan to target in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds of rookie drafts. Uh, next week, my opinion may change a little bit depending on where these players are drafted and by which teams. But players are not likely, the players I want to mention today, aren't likely going to get drafted on day one or two in the NFL draft. So their dynasty value is not going to change a whole lot uh, by next time, by this time next week. But you never know. That said, I just want to tell you about the players I'm thinking about right now, the ones that I'm thinking about trying to target in the later rounds. I'll mention three from the third round, three in the fourth round, three in the fifth round. Of course, we don't know exactly how it's going to go, but from a lot of the mock drafts that I've seen, meaning uh, rookie, you know, dynasty mock drafts, I think that these are the right spot here as to when they might be available. So here's some of the guys that I feel like targeting. Let's start with a third round. Third round for me would be Alec Pierce. Uh, Pierce does not have the you know production profile for me to draft him in the second round of rookie drafts, uh, but his athletic profile and his big playability make me want to draft him in maybe like the third round. Um, in his best final season at Cincinnati, he had just 52 catches for 884 yards, which is good but not great. But that said, uh, what he did well in was making big plays and touchdowns because he scored eight times and he had 17 yards per reception. I think that his big playability along with his freakish athleticism, is going to make him a player that NFL teams are going to want to draft on the third day in this class. And Pierce, you know, in this class, he had uh, the highest vertical jump, the sixth best three-cone drill, the seventh best broad jump, the ninth best 40-yard dash. And I usually like to bet on guys who have, you know, kind of unique traits in these later picks um, in our rookie drafts. And his size at 6'3", 211, his speed from the testing that we just saw, his jumping ability certainly from the testing make me think that an NFL team is going to take him on the third day, and it makes me think that I should target him in the third round of our rookie drafts. He's the one that I'm going to try to get quite a bit of. Next guy is Pierre Strong, and this kind of stinks because I was really hopeful that Strong would go unnoticed by the Dynasty community so that I could draft him in every one of my rookie drafts, but now the hype on him has picked up the last few weeks, which made me so upset. I'm like, dang it, I wanted to be the only one who thought this well, this well of him. So I'm not alone, you know, in thinking that he's a player that, you know, should draft later in your drafts. Strong's been one of the most productive, had one of the best productive careers about if from among any running back in this whole class, uh, running for more than 1,000 yards in all but his one COVID-shortened season. Uh, the only knock on him, of course, is that he compiled all these yards at South Dakota State. And it's fair to point out that he played against inferior athletes, but his 5'11", 270-pound frame, and his durability. Last year, he had 262 touches. Those things make me believe that he's one of the best chances of any running back not named Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker 
uh, to be an every down, every down back in the NFL in this class, kind of a weak running back class, but I think he's the one that has the best chance to be an every down back besides those two guys. And that includes Isaiah Spiller, which you know I'm not as high on as most people. I think that he'll get drafted to provide depth to a backfield. That's going to be what, what the NFL teams are going to draft, draft him for. And so his draft capital is not going to merit, you know, that he gets touches right away. But I just think that he's the type of player that, given the opportunity, maybe after an injury to a lead running back in a committee, he could turn it into something really great. So at worst, he's going to be like a solid handcuff on Dynasty rosters. But at best, he could really become an NFL starting running back that I could draft in the third round of rookie drafts. And that would be pretty amazing. Next player I'll talk about is Justin Ross. Uh, Ross is definitely a significant risk from a health standpoint, uh, given his spinal injuries and surgeries. Um, after what he did his freshman class, though, he's worth a risk. Uh, Ross is one of the top-ranked receivers in his recruiting class, and he burst onto the scene his first year. Looked like a best player in the field in the Tigers' national championship win over Alabama that, that first season of his. Uh, he's a player that could move way up in my rankings if he's drafted on day two instead of day three. Um, but I'm, I think that the NFL teams are likely going to draft him later just because of the risk of the injuries, and uh, that will make him be someone that I would want to get, though, here at the end of round three. I think, you know, there's going to be a point when NFL teams and dynasty managers, we've got to deem him worth the risk of these injuries. He's definitely worth the risk for dynasty managers picking him at the end of the third round, no matter where his draft capital is, you know, and no matter what team he lands with. Fourth round guys that I think <clears throat> will mostly be in the fourth round that I'm really going to try to target, one would be Kevin Harris. Uh, Harris's film uh, was one of my favorites to watch when I initially formed my rookie rankings in January. Um, he looked compact, he looked agile, he looked really excellent between the tackles, and that's something I really like to see. But I was surprised uh, when I compared his highlight film to how his production really dropped off significantly between his impress impressive sophomore year and then his below average junior season. And so I called a friend of mine who plays in many college Canton leagues and watches way more college football than I do. And I asked, like, what happened? This guy looked so good. What happened in this last year? And he told me that he thought that coaching changes really attributed to his lack of involvement and lack of production in this, you know, in this year, you know, just one year after his fantastic season. So knowing this, um, I felt more comfortable just trusting my eyes. And I kept Harris ranked much higher than many other analysts. And today, uh, before the NFL draft next week, because as of right now, I have Harris ranked 16 spots higher than the pros at Dynasty League Football. And so if that's the case, um, I'm going to end up with a lot of Harris. Unlike Pierre Strong, uh, Harris, you know, has not had as much hype uh, leading into rookie drafts. So I assume that Harris is going to fall to me a lot in round four, or even I might take the risk or try to jump up and grab him in round three at the very back end. Uh, keep an eye on Kevin Harris. I really, love, I really like him. I think he's great. Next would be Tyler Beatty. Uh, like Harris, Beatty was one of my favorite players to watch on film when I did all the film review before I even looked at their production profiles. Um, unlike Harris, who's excellent between the tackles, Beatty wins outside and really in the passing game. Uh, his receiving chops, I think they're going to get him drafted and to be an effective passing downs back. On a, you know, if it's a competent team, a smart team, they're going to be smart to add him to their rosters, as will dynasty managers here in the, what I predict to be the fourth round. Beatty had 54 catches in his senior season giving him one standout year to end his career with 1,604 yards rushing, 330 yards receiving for a total of 18 touchdowns. Incredible last year. That's more yards and touchdowns than he had in his first three years combined. So we got to take that and take that to account. He was a very late breakout, but he was so versatile in the way that he was part of the offense in the passing game and the running game that I think NFL teams are going to take notice 
Uh, but five foot eight, hundred ninety-seven pounds. He's definitely smaller than Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris. Those are the two guys that I think could actually become every down backs in the NFL. I don't think Beatty can do that, but I think he could be someone that's really involved in the offense and could do really well, particularly as he helps in the passing game. Another player I'd be willing to take here in the fourth round would be uh, Kevin Austin. Uh, one of the things that I've learned from other dynasty managers, particularly one guy that I'm in several leagues with, is his philosophy is to just draft athletic freaks in late in the late rounds of rookie drafts. And I often don't because I'm so focused on production. So I've missed out on players like Will Fuller, Chase Claypool in recent years because I value production far more than athleticism. And at the end of the fourth round, I think I need to start to change my strategy and start to value athleticism over production. And if I do, Kevin Austin, uh, you know, and the next player I'm about to mention, really fit the bill in that category. Uh, Austin played three years at Notre Dame, and he only had six receptions until last season. So he only had six in his first three years. Then last year, he just had 48 but they did go for 888 yards and seven touchdowns. So he's a big play guy, averaging more than 18 yards per catch in his uh, career at Notre Dame. And I think he's going to get drafted by the NFL team to provide that big playability. At the NFL Combine, uh, Austin finished uh, second in the three-cone drill, uh, tied for third in the vertical jump, fourth in the broad jump, and tied for 11th on the 40-yard dash with a 4.4340. Uh, I think the back end of the fourth round of rookie drafts, he's the player that I'd like to take a chance, chance on. Uh, no matter where you know his he lands or what his draft capital will end up being. Let's talk now about three guys that I think will probably be still available in the fifth round of rookie drafts. Here's a few guys I'd like to target in that range. Uh, first would be Jelani Woods. So speaking of athletic freaks, after dominating the NFL Combine, Woods uh, went from being a player that I think was likely to be an undrafted free agent to a player I think undoubtedly will get drafted on day three. Uh, Woods measured in at six foot seven, two hundred fifty-nine pounds. So uh, it's crazy. He finished first in the bench press among the tight ends with twenty-four, and then his forty-yard dash, even at that size, was four six one. He finished second among the tight end class. So his size and speed alone, I think, are going to get him drafted, especially at the tight end position where a lot of NFL teams now draft players based solely on athleticism at tight ends. Uh, Woods combined for only thirty-one catches and four touchdowns his first three years when he was at Oklahoma State. Before transferring to Virginia his last year, he had 44 catches and 8 touchdowns. and Pretty much doubled up the touchdown total there. He has the size, of course, to be the red zone monster in the NFL, making him a very draftable player in the fifth round of rookie drafts, I think. And if he could improve in other areas and actually become like an every-down starter, Woods could really be a steal in the fifth round. I can't wait to see where he lands because that's going to make a pretty big difference uh, when he gets drafted next week. Um, I hope it goes to a team where there's a little bit of an open opportunity for him. Um, either way, he's going to be a red zone monster. Two more guys to mention here in the fifth round. One would be Jerry on Ely. Uh, Ely was a five-star recruit before signing with Old Miss, and he was instantly part of the offense his freshman season with 124 touches, totaling 894 yards. Now, that was a great start to his college career, but the problem was that he never really improved on it. He has had 900 and 984 yards the following two years, after, you know, and really never dominated his team or the running backs on his team in touches. Uh, during my rookie research process, I also learned that he played on the Old Miss baseball team, so it could be that maybe his attention was divided somewhat. Uh, whatever the reason, uh, he just did not live up to his five-star recruiting status, that's for sure. But he looked pretty good on film when he was given touches in the things that I watched. Um, he just wasn't involved, you know, very often. But when he was, he was really involved in the passing game with a career, you know, total of 67 catches, which is pretty good including 32 receptions last year. So in the fifth round 
of a rookie draft. I think I'd be willing to draft a two-sport athlete, five-star recruit, you know, just with the hope that maybe he's going to have a better chance in the NFL, whatever it was that kept him from not, you know, getting as many carries in the offense um, in college. Similarly, the last guy that I'll mention is Keontae Ingram, uh, similar to Ely. Ingram was a top recruit in his class. Uh, he was only a four-star recruit, but he was the number one ranked running back in the state of Texas in 2018 when he was signed by my Texas Longhorns, or I should say he signed with my Texas Longhorns. So I watched him play in person, you know, when he got here in Austin. And after his sophomore season, I was very thought, man, he's, very, he's poised to have like a great breakout junior year. But injuries, and then better recruits actually signing with Texas, moved Ingram to the side so that he transferred to USC and had a pretty decent final season there with over 1,000 total yards. <clears throat> he didn't stand out in the NFL Combine in any way. And I think, you know, an NFL team's going to draft him primarily based on his high school pedigree and ability to be involved in the passing game because he is pretty effective as a pass catcher. He had 89 receptions in his four-year college career, so that's pretty good. Ingram and Ely, you know, they might possibly be undrafted by NFL teams um, and dynasty managers. I think this is very possible that they might not get drafted, but I'd be happy to add them as a final player on my drafts just because they were so highly sought after, you know, in their recruiting classes. That's a little something to consider when you're just trying to take a stab on someone in the fifth round. Don't know what I'm going to say about those same players next week. Um, I don't think it would change a whole lot, given that I think they will be drafted later, but you never know. Something could change for them. Everything's going to change, though, next week. It's going to be fun to finalize our rookie board and start our rookie drafts. I hope that you'd be a dynasty freak and stay with me. Use my rankings. Uh, use my advice. Help you dominate your, uh, your rookie drafts except for all of you who are in my leagues that are cheating and using my rankings while we're doing our rookie drafts together. That's not cool. But I got to do what I got to do. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation at any time by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. Dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. I'm much better at email than I'm at Twitter, so I would love to talk with you that way. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast. That would mean a lot to me as an independent podcaster. And like I say every time, uh, thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.